Welcome to the very first episode of AESP's Energy Beat Podcast. I'm Jen Zaro, President and CEO of AESP, and I'm thrilled you could join us. This podcast is all about amplifying the voices of our members, their work, and the topics that matter most in the clean energy industry. With us today, we now have Angie Ostashevsky. She is our Emerging Professional of the Year in the ASP Awards, and she has been an amazing force at Amaran Illinois Energy Efficiency Program. She's really helped push the next big projects forward. She brings passion and energy that shows in all of her work and is thoughtful and caring with all of the customers that she works with. She's gotten rave reviews from those who work with her as well as who supervise her. So we are so excited to have Angie with us today to tell us a little bit about her work, but also just about her and what makes her tick. We'll even hear a little bit about her TikTok efforts with community outreach. So I'm very excited to introduce Angie Ostashevsky. Angie, thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are excited too. And congratulations on winning our 2020 Emerging Professional of the Year Award. That's really awesome. It's amazing. And I have my little plaque. I've been choosing different spots in my house to test out where's the best place to display it. So <laughs> it's Love it. exciting. I have a feeling it's going to be the first of many awards from you from the feedback we got from your peers and those who have worked with you. Tell me a little bit about your experience. You've been with Ameren for just over five years. What drew you to the utility industry? Yeah, I was not someone who, like as a child, was like, when I grow up, I want to work for the power company. Um, I started out in nonprofit work, and I loved it. I mean, I love working with the community organizations, trying to help people and improve their quality of life and building those relationships. But in my mid-20s, I was starting to get a little bit burnt out. You know, fundraising can be really difficult. There wasn't a lot of growth opportunities. And I was trying to think, oh, gosh, how do I plan for the next step in my life? How do I get to a point where I can afford to buy a home or, you know, save more money? And I enrolled in night school to get my MBA. Once I was a student again, I realized I could potentially apply for an internship. And when I saw Ameren, Illinois was hiring in their communications group, specifically someone to work with their charitable giving program. So getting to work with nonprofits, I was like, huh, so I could do nonprofit things in a different environment and maybe one that might afford me more opportunities since Ameren is a huge company. I mean, it's a Fortune 500 company. Thankfully, I got the internship and that's how I started here. Amazing. So how did you make your way from the communications team all the way to the world of energy efficiency? On accident, mostly, <laughs> I realized one of the things I really liked doing was partnering with the nonprofits we worked with and coming up with really creative ways to promote the great work that they were doing. I think it was in 2017, I got to work with the Girl Scouts, did our first STEM kind of education program for International Women's Day. So we recruited engineers from all these different Ameren departments. We paired them with Girl Scouts and in a bunch of different areas of our service territory, we invited them in for a day. They learned about different jobs at Ameren. And then we built, built little robots um, with the Girl Scouts. And it was really cool to see that process come together. All of the logistics worked out. I kind of realized I love communicating about the great work these organizations do. I like even more to help them with the program design, executing their ideas. And so from there, I started to work as the liaison 
between the communications team and energy efficiency. And the more I was exposed to the work they were doing, especially under the leadership of Crystal Sims, our director, she is so inspiring to me in the way that she just includes diversity, equity, and inclusion in everything, in everything we do in energy efficiency, which was, I mean, that just excited me so much. And eventually, after about a year of, of being the liaison to that group, an opening came up and I was fortunate to get placed on that team because I really felt like it aligned with my passions. And I didn't even know I was that passionate about it. I feel like that's one thing about energy efficiency is I hear from a lot of people, I never expected to end up here. I just really cared about helping people or I really cared about sustainability. And that was definitely the, the path that got me here too. And it sounds like a lot of the work that you've been able to do has really had those positive benefits to underserved communities. Would you say, I mean, are they your favorite group to work with or do you have a, a favorite segment that you've worked with so far in any of your programs? Oh, gosh, I have so many favorites. And I feel like one of the things when I came to energy efficiency that really made me fall in love with it was that a lot of my background became an asset instead of me trying to fit into my workplace. So, you know, I, my parents both immigrated here. So I'm first generation. I'm a woman of color. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. And a lot of those things, I, I think you might be worried that you'd feel alienated in the workplace, but I felt like they ended up helping me just to be empathetic and help to drive different ways of thinking of serving these customer groups. And I look now and see that through the market development initiative, which I'm really fortunate to get to manage, we have partnerships with Central Illinois Friends. They do outreach and education to LGBTQ plus individuals and STI and STD testing, as well as in-home care for individuals living with HIV and AIDS and getting to add energy efficiency to their programming to uh, weatherize the homes of their clients to provide that energy savings education to help them lower their bill, which helps them to better afford, you know, medical care or just to have a better quality of life. I, I mean, that is like so amazing to have had a part in that and to help expand the mission of these organizations to include sustainability in, in some new way. Wow, I, I can't agree more. You are you're totally my hero. And I'm just so impressed with the work that you've done to date. Can't wait to watch you grow in your role. So besides all of the, the life experiences that you were able to bring into your role, were there any courses in college or maybe via professional development um, or in the MBA program that you were in that really helped you in your current role? There's definitely a class that I, I had in undergrad that I will say just changed me as a person. I took this course, I, I majored in economics and I minored in sociology. And I ended up in this class called Sociology of Childhood. And it was one of those classes where you're reading the textbook and you're like, oh, this is talking about me. <laughs> and they were talking about different outcomes uh, based on your socioeconomic status. So they were talking about children who grew up in an upper income or middle income household tend to advocate for themselves better. They learn from a very young age how to kind of position themselves for opportunities, kind of ask questions, uh, let folks know when they need help versus if you grow up in, you know, like working class, lower income, you tend to be more focused on being self-sufficient, more inward looking. 
And I was reading these sort of trends in the textbook on different trends in sociology and childhood. And I was realizing that was me all through high school and college up until that point, I was very quiet in my classes. If I was confused about something, I would spend days and weeks figuring it out by myself before I would reach out to someone else and ask for help. And just realizing, I don't know why it took that, but that reading that in that context and participating in the, in the class discussions made me realize there are people who more naturally ask for help or more naturally let others know that they're interested in an opportunity. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. And that if I wanted to end any kind of cycle of my upbringing, I needed to identify those things that maybe are subconscious for me and figure out, okay, should I be this way? No, I'm going to have more opportunities if I ask questions and if I let people know I'm excited and interested and I don't have to be completely self-sufficient to be successful. And that was just, it's such a basic concept, but it was so eye-opening for me. And, and if you ask any of my coworkers now, I am the first to ask a question or I'm the first to say, I'm really interested. I want to learn more about that. How can I get involved? And I'm just so glad I had that light bulb moment earlier in my life. Yeah, that is that is truly amazing to be able to point to that life changing moment for yourself. And so true. I mean, I I think that goes so far for people to just self advocate and ask the questions and own their futures. It seems like we're seeing a lot of different diversity coming into energy efficiency from all different types of career backgrounds and educational backgrounds. And that makes me really excited because I think that brings in so many new perspectives and can really usher in sort of this next generation of energy professionals, you know, that are going to help us solve some of the world's toughest problems. Bravo to you for recognizing that value, that skill set that you learned and being able to apply it in your new role in many of your roles. So were there any transferable skills do you think that came from the work you were doing in the communications role that translated well into the energy efficiency role you have today? And I ask that because I think it's often overlooked when people are trying to decide what their next career move is. I do feel like people tend to pigeonhole a little bit that you have to have this one specific or these specific backgrounds in order to really hold a role in energy efficiency. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, what I've seen is the more diverse your background, the more you really bring to the table to help this industry. So back to that question. So what do you think helped you from the communications work that you did to make that transition? I definitely two things come to mind. And I want to agree with you. I think this industry is for everyone. And the more diversity of experience and thought, um, and not just racial diversity, every kind of diversity of, um, you know, sexual orientation, gender. I mean, there's so many different life experiences out there. And, and the more we bring that in, the better we serve our customers, because they represent all those groups, too. So I, I think one thing is I came into energy efficiency as someone without a technical background. So even though I have a master's, it's in business administration. So learning all of the components of how program works, uh, how you get to the savings goals, you know, I had to, to hustle to learn all of that. But I also think it was an advantage in some ways not to have it, especially when we look at crafting communications to the customer. I think one of the things that we see is weatherization, retrofits, all of that. That can be intimidating, especially when you're looking at customers are busy. And at the same time, we're marketing products uh, in the utility environment that are energy efficient, but we don't manufacture them. And so sometimes for the customer, they're like, why the heck are you here? Right? So we not only need to explain the energy savings opportunities, but also explain why we're involved in them 
<laughs> a lot of customers don't know why the utility is helping them uh, lower their energy usage. So I think that was one thing I was able to bring is just always thinking about, can we say it in a simpler way? Can wh What jargon can we remove? Because I didn't know a lot of the jargon, so I couldn't help it. I was always translating things from more technical language to things that I could understand. And I think that helped me ultimately to be a better support system to our marketing team, as well as with managing our network of now, you know, over 30 nonprofit partners. They all came in with the same background as me, where they're trying to augment their mission to include energy efficiency. And you've got to start somewhere. We're not going to jump straight to discussing the technical reference manual. <laughs> so I think that put me in a place of being able to empathize uh, with our partners and with our customers. And I'll also say that coming from a nonprofit background, I understand what it's like to work in resource constraints. And so to be on the other side of that, where I'm helping our nonprofit partners to remove those constraints, to help them work in a, a productive environment, that things during COVID, we switched to doing all webinars on energy efficiency education, but realizing a lot of our network, they didn't have video conferencing equipment. And so we were able to come in and provide that to any of our partners that needed it. Like there's so many partners we have that can do the work. They just need a little bit of equipment and education at the onset, and then you get to watch them flourish. Wow, that's amazing. And just so impressive that you thought to do that for them, um, to make sure that they could be part of the conversation, even when they didn't have the right resources. So that's just that's just a phenomenal example. And I'm just blown away. It's so true. Coming in, I think both your empathy and your the learning curve you had to go through. I agree, we have way too many acronyms in this industry. And it's so funny, it's so easy to slip into that habit of speaking the jargon and not keeping the, the customer journey and the customer experience in mind. So well done to really focus in on that. And what a great use of your communication skills, definitely. So I'm gonna turn the conversation to something I'm quite intrigued by. I really want to hear more about your TikTok presence. This is a, <laughs> a social media tool that I just haven't yet fully embraced, but I'm getting there. My kids have encouraged me to get on the TikTok train and I, I hear you're using this in a very specific way for community outreach and I just want to learn more about it. Sure. <laughs> I'd be happy to share. So I also was someone last year who was like, mm, TikTok, I don't really get it. Maybe it's for kids. You know, then we had a pandemic. Uh, I was stuck at home and I was like, you know, <laughs> I think I have a little bit more time to indulge in something like this. So I downloaded the app. I didn't post for a long time, but something that I definitely, I don't know, promote or am passionate about is the quality of life that I've been able to have here in Peoria, someone who lived even just 45 minutes away and then moved here. But it is the number one uh, most affordable mid-sized city in the country. So I went from, you know, not knowing if I'd ever be able to achieve home, home ownership to being able to achieve that dream before I had turned 30 with a 10-year mortgage because the homes here are so affordable. And then that evolved into, okay, I've never lived in the same city as my family. My siblings and I have always, you know, been in different places, different states. And I went on a recruitment campaign to get them to move here because I was like, hey, if you guys moved here, we can all afford homes and we can live next to each other. So I recruited my 
sister. She and her family moved here last year. My brother moved here from Atlanta about four years ago. And so I decided I would see if other people were interested in moving here. So I do little green screen house tours of affordable real estate in Peoria. I share things like um, employment, job opportunities, fun things to do. Uh, I think a lot of people think if it's not Chicago, there's not going to be fun activities. So I love to spotlight our local businesses um, and nonprofits, a lot of whom I get to work with through Amarin, Illinois. And now I think as of yesterday, yes, as of yesterday, 37 people have moved here since September when I started making those videos, which I'm still shocked by it. I'm like, I can't believe all these people would pick up and move. But I think during a pandemic, a lot of people evaluated, what do I want in my life? What do I need going forward? And, and they wanted to have home ownership. That was a big thing. A lot of people coming from places like New York, Seattle, Texas, Florida, California, where they were paying very high rent for very small spaces. And I don't know, it just feels amazing to see them thrive now and in, in an environment that they didn't know existed before. What a fun way to make such a positive difference. And you've literally built your neighborhood. So that's insane. Yeah. It's awesome. I, you know, I would have never thought to have used it that way, but what a great way to sell Peoria. And now I definitely have to come for a visit. So I'm going to take a look at your TikTok and I'm going to make a list of things to do and things to see when I get there. You let me know what you're into. I'll make you a visit itinerary. I do it all the time. <laughs> of suggestions of things to do. That's great. I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> so in thinking back to mentoring, did you have a mentor? Um, early in your career that you looked up to that helped sort of help you make decisions? Or were you pretty much a lone wolf kind of doing this on your own? Well, you know now that I decided one day I will not be a lone wolf. <laughs> and my first supervisor at Amron, Illinois, uh, Kathy Pagel, she made a huge impact on me. I wasn't sure what it would look like coming into an internship. I mean, you you might always think, okay, I'm going to be getting coffee and making copies. And that was not it at all. The very first project she gave me was to go through the Amarin, Illinois customer handbook and to completely redo and redesign that document, which was an awesome exercise because I got to know every single area of the company, all of our customer facing communications. Again, it was that translating technical knowledge. Is there any way we can make it easier to understand, add more graphic and make it simpler and started a company and a week later be given the opportunity to redo a document like this that's over 50 pages long. It goes to every single new residential customer. I mean, that felt like this huge responsibility to me. And it was. And she guided me through it. But I always loved that we would sit down and check in every week. And she would say, okay, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. And I initially was terrified to make a mistake. But she was always so encouraging. She always asked me my opinion. And she genuinely cared about my opinion. And she always said, there's always a better way to do it. She's like, just because I came up with it doesn't make it the best. And so I always try to channel her. I've been fortunate now on the energy efficiency team to manage our interns. I manage the interns on the communications team. And I always think I want to give them the experience that Kathy gave me because she grew my confidence in ways I'm sure she doesn't even realize that still impact me now. And I will always be grateful to her. And I ended up when she retired, I filled her full-time position. So she also gave me my first full-time job opportunity at Amarin. Wow, that's such a cool story. And I'm just, I'm so impressed with the fact that you 
not only went through the process of starting as an intern and working your way through the organization, but then now are able to pay that forward by working with other interns for the organization. That's such a great story. It's like my favorite part of my job. I love it. I can't believe I get to pay forward the opportunities that I got. That Yeah, and I know they must learn so much from you. So keep it up because we need to grow this next crop of energy efficiency and, and DER experts. So thank you for your, your hard work. Heck yeah. So what advice would you give them as new professionals coming into the field? To What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about to grow in their careers? That's a great question. If I'm thinking about the interns that I've worked with, I always try to encourage them to reach out to people. It's okay to send a meeting request to someone just to learn about their job. And most times people are going to be excited and perhaps even flattered that you want to know about what they're doing. I think a lot of us when we're in an entry level role with a company are worried that we're a bother or we're in the way or of course we're dealing with like the ever present imposter syndrome. I would work with the interns that I've managed and give them goals that we would set together of here's how many people you want to try to job shadow this summer in addition to the projects that you complete and really trying to give them a good balance of projects that they love with projects that scare them a little. I feel like you need to have at least one thing you're working on where you're like, yes, every week, okay, I'm nailing it. And then it gives you a little bit of a foundation to do those things that you find a little bit more intimidating, whether it's uh, learning about evaluation and EM&V or getting involved in research or um, implementation work. I love seeing the interns I've worked with reflect after a year of things that scared them that now no longer scare them. And that could be a lot of things. It could be sending a meeting invite or it could be leading a project and just figuring out what can we do together that they're going to be like, dang, I did that. That's the best feeling ever. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, it's true. If you're not struggling a little bit, then you're probably not growing. So they need those challenges to really grow in their, in their careers. That's amazing. Absolutely. Like getting a gigantic customer handbook to redo your first week. <laughs> Great. That's, that's a pretty impressive intern role that you were assigned. That's a, that's not a small task. So yeah, she's awesome. Impressive. She's never shied away from a challenge. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think is next for you? Where do you want your career to head? Like what, what do you see on, on the horizon? for you? That's such a hard question. It's a good question. I should have an answer for it. I feel like I've been really fortunate so far in my career that I just follow the opportunity. I try to let people know what I really enjoy working on. And if opportunities come up in that area, I follow them. I look back at 2019. One of the projects that I love the most was getting to work on our accessibility pilot and doing smart home makeovers. And now we're we're getting ready for our next energy efficiency plan. I'm doing more smart home research with eSource um, and our innovation department and one of our nonprofit partners, Senior Services Plus. I look back to 2019 and I'm like, wow, I know so much more about smart homes now, but that wasn't my plan. I just kept asking to keep working on it. <laughs> And so I don't know, I, I feel probably not wise, but I don't have a predetermined path in mind. I just hope I always enjoy the work I do because I'm really lucky right now that I love the work that I do. Well, and that's so important. And the work you're doing is really having such a major impact on the community that you serve. So congratulations for making such an impact already so early in your career. And I'm sure you're going to land in a wonderful place. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I can't imagine uh, you're not going to grow in your role. Well, thank you for being with us today. It's just been such a superb conversation. Just really enjoyed this and really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. And I got to say, definitely becoming one of your number one fans 
<laughs> and um, I know others are going to be so excited to meet you. Hopefully, are you, do you think you're going to be able to join us out in February uh, for our, hopefully, what will be our first in-person annual conference in kind of a while? Yes, let's just put it out into the universe. We're going to see each other very soon. So I can also thank you all profusely in person for this honor. I mean, this is such an amazing opportunity. And even just to get to talk with you about my accomplishments in my career. I mean, when do you just sit down and reflect on things like that? So thank you so much for just taking the time to talk with me and for this award. I'm, <laughs> I'm still pinching myself. Well, it's been absolutely our pleasure. With that, I will let you go and look forward to seeing you then in February. We will just have to meet up in person. Can't wait to hear about all of the other great things I know you're going to continue to do with Amarin. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great one. And that's it for us. Bye-bye. Bye, Angie. Today's podcast was directed by Ian Motley, edited by Anastasia Clarkson, hosted by Jen Zaro. To learn more about ASP, its members, and the DER and energy efficiency industries, check us out on www.asp.org. Thank you all so much for listening.